We had a guy one time who claimed to have turned his life around. Really, it was a real radical story. He'd been a drug dealer. His friends with somebody in a youth group. It turns out he was still dealing. He was just lying to impress some girls. We're at a Super Bowl party that year, and he was high. He started to argue with our youth pastor, who had been an Army Ranger for seven or eight years. The drug dealer tries to come at the Ranger, and before the guy knew what happened, our youth pastor had him on the ground, basically in a headlock. Welcome to youth group. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unlearning Youth Group. We're the podcast where we take a look at all the things we learned back in youth group and find the good, unlearn the bad, and figure out where the heck we go from here. We haven't met yet. My name is Jonathan Carone, and I'm joined, as always, by our co-host, Eric Williams. Eric, go ahead and say hey to the people. Hey, what is up? I'm excited for today's topic. Let's start. Today, we are talking about essentially Christian cuss words. Bigger picture than that, it's the idea that we were taught as kids growing up, and we also taught this when we were all teaching youth group, that the words we said mattered, not the intent. And Mm. Eric, did you ever see the Trip and Tyler shoot Christian say video. Are you kidding me? That that video gave me life for about 10 solid years. I love it so much. And as someone who went to a Christian college, um, that hit everything. And speaking oh, yeah. of Christian college, the, the motivation for this episode, uh, I don't know if I told you this when we were talking these out or not, but I saw, I went to Liberty, which is um, the world's largest Christian university. Hmm. Because we're a diploma mill online, and that's what so, we do. So we can claim that. This podcast is not sponsored by Liberty, just FYI. It is not <laughs> That was not an but... ad. <laughs> <laughs> a month or two ago, I saw on a Liberty account, some dude responded to something he didn't like with, frick you. Oh. Like, <laughs> he thought he was, like, because he said, frick you, uh, he didn't actually mean the other F you. Oh my God. And that's what we were taught is that if we say the Christian cuss words, then it's okay. It's not, it doesn't matter that in our heart that we just said, go F off. Right. But we said, go frick off. Yeah. So it was better. Well, I was actually debating in that intro saying, I'm freaking excited to be here, but I want to make <laughs> sure that we, you know, didn't opt people out right away before getting into the topic. So. So what was your favorite Christian cuss word? Uh, yeah, I love, I love seeing, well, this is what I like seeing is when people uh, now in the age of texting will text OMG, but then they'll put a parentheses and OSH and parentheses. So <laughs> to make sure that everyone knows that they're saying, oh my gosh, instead of, oh my God, as if that was like. If you're talking to a youth group girl and she types OMW. You don't know if she means on my way or oh my word, because uh, that was the the thing to switch in. As if Jesus was not the word incarnate, uh, so saying oh my word is the exact same thing oh, as saying yeah. oh my god. Yeah, exactly. I think my favorite because I spent a lot of time online was spelling out effing e f f i n g, or leave off the g and just put a little uh, a little apostrophe after the n. So it's yeah, effing, like. I, when me and my wife first started dating, like I would, I would even say that a lot. I'd say effing a lot. 
And she's like, you got to tone that down. That's a little bit much. And I'm like, oh. yeah, I mean, well, well it's because the, the F word, my favorite cuss word, if I were yeah, to cuss. Right. So I can't let myself say it or else it comes out every other word. Well, and then, and then that Trip and Tyler video that we talked about, man, one of my favorite parts is when he's like, that guy's really teeing me off. I'm going to kick his A. <laughs> And so, like, you just you're putting the you're putting the initial out there anyway, and so everybody who knows the word knows the word anyway, and so it's like, <laughs> uh, and what's been what's been surprising for me and probably for you because I know that you work with secular companies. Uh, I say secular, that sounds so secular. Uh, you work with secular companies as well, <laughs> but when you're around people who didn't grow up in the Christian faith uh, or who are not, you know, I would say Bible Belt Christians, um, cuss words are not a big deal. And so like, no. so to tell youth in youth culture and for me, like, you know, I've said before, I didn't start going to church till sixth grade regularly. So you better believe fourth and fifth grade, Eric was, was already learning and using cuss words, not around my parents, obviously. But so like, it's a weird culture shift in this whole thing because it's like, we're called to be set apart, but at the same time, um, you walk around a lot of major cities or environments and cuss words are just a, a way of life. I remember in fourth or fifth grade, I was going to daycare at the church my grandpa was a pastor at. So I mean, everybody knew I was the grandpa's or I was the pastor's grandkid. And, um, you know, fourth and fifth grades, when you start figuring out what the words are, you don't know how to use them yet, right. but you know that they're bad. Right. And so you just drop them wherever and they don't make any sense. And I remember someone's like, well, how can you be a Christian if you're saying all those words? Right. And my response was, well, maybe that demon that was in you came into me and that's why I'm saying them. <laughs> and I'm like, why is 10-year-old Jonathan uh, thinking and talking like that? Like right. cuss words mean you're possessed by a demon. Demon, yeah. Yeah. So I, there's just so much around language that I think we got wrong when we were growing up. I'm reading a book right now. Um, I forget the exact title of it, but it's basically about how our context and our culture in the West and in America really impact how we view scripture. Yeah. And how we get some of the stuff wrong. Right. And in it, they told a story of um, how this guy traveled to Scotland and he met up with a pastor and his wife in Scotland. And um, that Scottish pastor was telling him a story of how they had met someone the week before and how the wife just got off the plane and dropped the F word. And they were so shocked that she would just like this Christian pastor's wife would drop the F word when she was talking about it and they kept talking and the guy, like he's like, I know that woman. She would never say that. And they couldn't figure out what it was. Do you know what the F word is to Christians in Scotland? Mm, no. Fanny. Oh my God. Oh, I was, I, oh my gosh. I was about the, to say the that. The woman said, I'm just going to park my fanny right here. I, I was literally going to tell you that story because it's the same thing as like when somebody said, because uh, I went to England uh, in uh, right after college and I was talking about fanny packs and they looked at me like I was like a pariah. <laughs> and so what I learned is if our British listeners, if we have any of those, you're probably thinking we're, we're cussing up a storm right here, <laughs> but in great Britain, fanny is another word for lady bits. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it does not mean your booty. So oh. they thought she was using a derogatory term for, I'm going to set my, blankety blank here on this <laughs> chair when she was meaning I'm going to set my booty on this chair. Oh. And so that in and of itself is an example of how the words we use are so 
fleeting. Right. The idea that there are certain words we need to avoid. Yes, but it's not because of the reason we were taught. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's same example for my, I've, I've got two boys they are eight and nine. And so right now we're in the middle of, you know, what words do you say? How do you talk to people? And, you know, I was laughing about this with my wife the other day because they have internally in our house determined that the word duh is a bad word. That is a cuss word. That is a worse cuss word than any other cuss word that we say. Cause you know, whatever, or they don't know other cuss words. Right. And so they have internally decided that if you say duh, even if it's meant to be derogatory or funny or anything like that. As soon as I say that word, they stop me and they say, daddy, that that's a bad word. And you cannot say that in our house. And it's like, so to your point, we, we assign the values to the words and it's not actually the words themselves that matter. So again, if you're new with us, it's only the second episode, but so we'll, we'll go back to this each week. We always, we introduce the topic like we just did. And then we're going to talk about what was bad with that. Where do we get it wrong? And then later in the show, we're going to talk about where do we get it right? What was the good intention behind that bad approach? And then where do we go from here? How do we take the good and use it to move us forward? So Eric, as, as we go into the episode, what was wrong about the Christian cuss word culture? The <laughs> idea that we had to, that the words didn't matter or that the words were the most important, that the intentions didn't matter. Where do we get that wrong? Yeah, I think it starts off, and if you haven't listened to uh, the last episode on kind of fear and hell-based theo- or hell-based evangelism, you're going to have to go back and listen to it. Same, same situation where um, we're, we've put the focus on the wrong thing, and it's really becoming about um, you know your behavior modification instead of actually uh, changing the heart behind something. So in this case, it has nothing to do with how you feel when you're saying this thing. It's all about making sure that you don't do or say the wrong thing um, that may be inappropriate or or somebody somewhere arbitrarily decided was inappropriate. What do you think? I think it's easier to teach a bunch of teenagers what words are bad yes. than it is to develop a theological understanding of how to use our language. Yes. Well, and the the thing that I think we need to address with the idea that we're talking about these things that we've learned in youth group or in student ministry or that that sixth through twelfth grade time frame is yes, when we were taught these things, our brains really couldn't comprehend a lot of these deeper um, ethical issues, and we really needed some concrete examples, like especially when you're second, third, fourth grade, um, saying like, hey, I'm going to give you the concept and you need to figure out how your behavior reflects (laughs) to that is not going to work. And so when you tell a kid, do not say these words, why? These words are bad. Okay, right? Do not do this thing. Why? This thing is bad. And it just kind of continues on. And I don't think that that youth culture does a great job or did a great job, I would say, and again, when I was leading it, of switching that and saying, hey, you were taught that then. This is what you need to know about it now. And you need to wrestle with, uh, you know, the intent, the heart, the other things behind it. It's not just the words. And we're teaching you in a new way because your brain can actually comprehend a different uh, way of learning now. Yeah. And in Ephesians, Paul says to avoid obscenity. And in our culture, it was easier to just say, hey, these are the words that are obscenities. We right. defined what those were. Yes. Other places in the Bible, obscenity is described differently. And we've been taught not to let any unwholesome talk 
come out of our mouth, not to say do anything out of selfish ambition or conceit, mm-hmm. and to in humility count others more significant than ourselves. We we were taught the words as the obscenities, but we yes. were never taught the ideas behind them. That right. there's some other theological ideas that Jesus and the apostles talk about and teach us that go into what makes an obscenity as well as culture. Because my, my old senior pastor told me a story of how he was in Australia and he was standing next to a guy who was worshiping his heart out during service. And like this guy, you could tell was, was full on follower. Jesus was doing it the right way Mm -hmm. and was, was honestly and actively seeking to follow Jesus. And then they walked out of service. And the first thing the guy did was drop an F-bomb. It took it took my old pastor by surprise. Like it, it smacked him in the face, but then he realized in Australia the F word is just a comma, right? Like it's not it's not nearly as big of a deal. So we have to. We were taught the words, which mm-hmm. is I think part of it. We were not taught the context and the meaning behind the words. Yeah. And I think we're set up that way theologically as we read the Bible anyway, because, you know, if you do, okay, we're going to do a Bible in a year reading plan, start in Genesis, make your way through. Well, a, a couple of weeks, months into it, you start to get into the rules section, right? Now you're into Leviticus. Now you're into some of these other areas where God is saying, do not do these things. And, um, you know, that obviously a lot of that stuff has been fulfilled and has been changed uh, through the New Testament and Jesus. And the reason why I think we get confused on the words aspect is because we look at it for a lot of theological things. You look back and you say, uh, you know, don't eat these things. Well, well, why? You know what I mean? And then later on in the New Testament, uh, God says, hey, don't call the things unclean that I've now called clean. And, you know, in these different hand washing rituals and stuff like that. And why did they have you do those things? And so when you take a time to go through some of these rules and some of these Old Testament laws and understand the why behind it. It's not because God circled something and say, don't touch this. You know, even the tree of good, of, of the knowledge of good and evil, you know, God, God said, your eyes are going to be open to some things that you just don't need your eyes open to now. And you're going to trust in things that you do not need to trust in. And ultimately you need to trust in me and we need to establish boundaries here. So it's the same thing with the words. It's like, why are you not saying these things? There's a heart issue behind it that God wants more so that it's just hard to write down in a book. And you really have to kind of wrestle through that. Well, and on top of that, it gets back to your point with fourth and fifth graders and like with my kindergartner, like right now as a child, I have to tell her, don't do this because it's against the rules. Yes. Yes. And as she gets older, I will teach her other things. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child Then I basically grew up and I had to change my thinking. And as we are now older in our twenties, our thirties, maybe even some people in their forties and fifties are listening to this. Mm -hmm. We have to change our thinking past what we were taught as a, as children yes. and now grow up our theology and become adults in that. And not change, not change in a bad way. That's what I, I want to make sure people know, not like change, like what you did before was wrong, but you know, go to like 2.0, go to 3.0. Think about anything that you've learned. If you don't uh, progress into the next stage of it, you'll never actually master it. So this is like building blocks. You're not saying, Hey, let's not do addition anymore. Now that we're doing calculus, you still need addition, but now we're doing more advanced thinking in that same subject. It's moving from McDonald's cheeseburgers to like great artisanal cheeseburgers yeah, exactly. on yeah. really good bread. Mm-hmm. It's just, the, it's the next evolution as we get older. And, right. but all right, so let's move into the back half of the episode. 
Eric, what did we get right? Uh, what was the good intention underlying the bad approach? We hit on it just a little bit, but let's dive into that a little bit more. What did we get right about this approach that we were taught as kids? Well, listen, first of all, there there's a way that we should be uh, acting and there's a way that we should be conducting ourselves in public. And as Christians, there's even more of a scrutiny on that as well. And, you know, as much as I I really don't like the uh, phrase, lose my witness, as if you can, you know, uh, somehow you make one mistake and now nobody's going to trust you about Jesus. Um, there is a sense of having that authority to be able to uh, conduct yourselves in such a way that people want to believe you. They want to follow you. They want to know why you're doing that. And so I get that when it comes to um, not being obscene and not doing those things. I think that's great. I also think that, you know, like we've talked about, when uh, there is a way that we're teaching young people, don't say this word because it's a bad word, right? And then there should be more uh, more teaching later on. And I think when you're doing the discipleship model right with students especially, um, and you continue into college and you become kind of friends in, in young adulthood, uh, then you can, you can work with them through and teach them why and kind of walk through some of those deeper issues. Uh, but in this day and age when, you know, people are much more mobile and you, you may not have those long-term relationships, it something gets lost in translation. But the way you conduct yourself is true uh, in public as well as, um, you know, the, the things that you say reflect what's actually going on inside. Yeah, I think we, we got the first step right. We, we lay the basics down to tell people, hey, our words do matter. Like there are words that will offend people and that are wrong that we shouldn't say. And that was good. Right. It was, uh, the follow-up, I think, is where we, the 2.0, like you mentioned, um, is where we, we may have gotten it wrong. But what we did get right was setting the idea that our words do matter, that it's important to think about what we're saying. James says the tongue reflects the heart. So, I mean, these are these are ideas that are very important that we laid the groundwork on. I just think that as we move forward, we never went to 2.0 and maybe that's because we graduated and went to college and we got busy thinking about other things, but we never, we never went to 2.0 with a conversation of, um, yes, my words matter, but God looks at my heart mm -hmm. for everything. So as we think about where we go from here, I think that's the piece we have to look at. And yep. a couple of years ago, I wrote a blog post about, I called it the, uh, what did I call it? The less than definitive guide to cussing as a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, because I do think we are allowed to say certain words in certain situations, depending on who we're around and the motivation behind it. And the right. three things I laid out for, as we use our language, as we think about this, three questions to ask ourselves before we drop words that in whatever culture we're in would be considered cuss words. The first one is why am I using that language? Mm -hmm. um, the Bible is pretty clear that Jesus is more concerned about our motivations than our actual actions. And so before we drop the F bomb, is it because we're trying to be rebellious or is it because we're mad? Is it to tear someone down or is it because a well-placed F bomb can make an okay joke, an incredible joke, and you're trying right. to clear up, cheer up your friend? Yeah. I mean, those are two totally different motivations. I, I led a college retreat a few years back and um, one of my former students in high school who I was really close to, she was there and it was Saturday night and she was wrestling with a bunch of stuff. And 
trying to live up to expectations. She was a freshman in college at the time. And I remember I was like, screw the expectations. And she goes, screw them. I was like, you can even get a little more emphatic if you need to. And she looked at me like, did you just give me permission to say what I think you told me to say? And I was like, go. And she she dropped. She goes, F them. Right. And it was the most righteous F-bomb I've ever heard in my life. And I think right. Jesus smiled at that moment. I can't say for sure. Right. But it was because she was finally starting to realize that she's called to live up to what Jesus expects of her, not what her friends or her family or other people expect of her. So I think yeah. in that situation, it was okay. Right. Yeah. I think there's a couple of different things too, in, especially in that examples. Like there's a difference between when we're talking about, uh, and this is kind of maybe an archaic term, but curse words versus cussing versus swearing. And where does all that come from? So, you know, it, definitely when you're saying, hey, do not curse someone else. So like basically calling upon God to do something, right? So, you know, God, dang that person to hell, right? Or whatever, right? Like you should not- to heck, yeah, double hockey Yeah, but like you know, so hey, yeah, hey, hey I'm gonna interrupt real quick. Did you ever flick off the devil when you were a kid? Because that was the only acceptable <laughs> way to use your middle finger. No. I just thought of that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, like I said, but by the time I was actually what, a Christian and going to church, I no, I was already flicking off people and things because it was never a problem. It wasn't a problem until I was in sixth grade. I would flick off the floor and it'd be my way of flicking off the devil if uh, I was really mad. Just because you could do that. Uh, so anyway, like <laughs> actually, I, I agree. Like, yeah, you shouldn't be calling upon the the power of God to do things that are not within his nature, right? So, and you may not be thinking about that when you're cussing people out um, or cussing about people. So that's one thing. The other thing is like to say vulgarities, which I, I would say you could look through um, the Bible. And, you know, Paul said some things that were vulgar. Uh, Jesus said something that could be considered close to, you know, uh, things that were emphatic language. Moses, you know, Saul, Isaiah, they all, there are things hey, before, that are- before, let's, let's not jump over that. You're talking about when Jesus called people dogs, right? He called them dogs. Yeah. But he also in Matthew 15, 17, he, he talks about us all, you know, he, he says a poop joke basically, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the type of things we're talking about. We have to wrestle with. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, that's the key is, is to me, there's a difference like cuss words are cuss words, but it's how you're using them. And, you know, I think what we need to look at, look through at Christians is yeah, the way we treat people matters. And so, you know, like your friend saying F the expectations, she's not saying F you, Jonathan, right. Or F this person or this person is a whatever, you know, she's not saying something that that's disparaging against someone else. And I think there's a different line to, you know, having emphatic language that may be considered strong and may be considered, you know, that if you're using that in the right context, to me, I'm like, I, I think Jesus is up there. If, if not saying, yeah, you know, like you said, maybe he's not smiling, but I think he's like, yeah, okay. I, I don't really, there's more important things to worry about than whether or not you said, that in that company right there. So I think you got to yeah. separate out. Are you, are you actually calling upon the power of God to do something that's not within God's nature as in cursing someone or swearing an oath when they're talking about cursing or swearing, or are you using obscene language in a way that's in context or is out of context, or are you using that language to tear other people down? I think those are different aspects that we all need to wrestle with individually, as opposed to just saying swear words are bad. Totally. The second question that I, in, in the blog post a couple of years ago, um, that I wanted to hit on today is 
the question of who am I around? And I, I think I hit on this earlier in the episode, the idea of uh, doing nothing out of selfish ambition to count others more significant than ourselves. That means that we're commanded by scripture to honor and respect the people around us. Paul said, if it offends my brother to eat meat, I'm not going to eat meat. And so if we are around other Christians or even anyone in general who find vulgar language, cussing, whatever you want to define it as offensive, it's our job not to like, it would be a sin in that moment to cuss, Mm -hmm. I believe, uh, because we are putting our, we're putting ourselves and our desire to say that word above others. And the example I would use is I've got a friend named Patty and Patty's an incredible woman who I have always enjoyed being around, but we see the idea of language and cussing differently. Patty thinks that like many, maybe even some people listening to this and probably most in our parents' generation that Christians should not cuss at any point ever. Yep. And while I disagree with her, I respect her enough to, when I'm around her, to put her beliefs and convictions as more significant than mine. And because of that, I refuse to say anything that's anywhere close to being vulgar right. around Patty. Whereas if I'm with my friends who I know feel the same as me, I'm going to be a little less guarded sure. because I know four-letter words aren't going to offend them as much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. it is adjusting. And we've... I think it's going to be a common theme throughout many of uh, the topics that we have about really being strategic and understanding when you're going to do certain things and when you're not going to do certain things and in which con- in, in which context. It's that idea of a scalpel versus a baseball bat. You know, it's like right now, instead of saying you can't do this ever anytime, I don't think this is one of those issues that it's a you can't do this ever anytime. But as a Christian, out of my love for others, I should refrain from doing things that may be acceptable, uh, you know, like whatever language I'm using in order to show love to one another. And I mean, that's a big thing in, in culture over 2020 is like, what are the actions that you have that you're like, well, I don't really have to do this because of my freedoms, but because I want to show love for someone else, I'm going to intentionally restrict myself or I'm going to intentionally do this. And so that's, that's something I agree with on the, on the cuss word aspect too. Yeah. Around certain people, I'm, I'm going to be even more uh, cognizant of what I say, because if someone gets offended by me saying, oh my God, right. Then I'm going to make sure that around those people, if I know that, I'm going to be way more careful when I say it and make sure I text them. OMG, open parentheses, OSH, close parentheses. (laughs) And that's just a way of loving people well. Correct. And at the end of the day, that's what we're called to do almost as much or more than anything else is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Yes. And so to to do that, it's, it's an easy way to do things. And so before we get out of here, I want to hit the last one. And Eric, you mentioned this earlier, but where am I at and what's going on? We got to be aware of our surroundings and there are places that will go where there's no way to know who's around us. So for example, this podcast, I don't know who is listening to this right now. I don't know if you are offended. You, the listener are offended by hearing cuss words. So that's why they turned it off after we said Fanny, remember like they're in Europe. Fanny. Yeah. But when me and Eric were talking about like what we were going to do with this podcast, we talked about like, do we want to cuss or do we not want to cuss? And in a conversation between the two of us, we might drop a word or two here and there, but we don't know who's listening to this. Mm-hmm. So out of respect, like the last point and this one, we don't know. So we can't predict how they feel. So we've got to defer to not doing it. 
Yeah. Doing the most loving thing possible. What is the, you know, like what is the most loving thing possible for the situation? Yeah. And often that is deferring and putting aside our preferences for what may be the cultural preference as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're out in public, if you're around, if you're at church, if you're depending on where you are, like you should probably use a little restraint. And part of that is people already have a bad view of Christians anyways. So to give them another reason to dismiss us before they even get to know us, that's just not good for the gospel strategically. And it's not worth it. It's that joke or that complaint is not worth it to possibly negatively impact someone else's view of the gospel. Yep. Yeah. I think that's the, the, the big answer for where do we go from here is let's not focus on the words necessarily, but focus on loving others with our words. How can we love others with our words? It's not always going to be easy. Um, and loving others with our words isn't always going to be, uh, um, not swearing because I think there are times where in moments of extreme grief or anger or something else to show support for someone else, you might drop an F bomb and say, yeah, F those expectations that other people have put on you, right? F that inappropriate way that you've, that you've been thinking about how God thinks about you or even poor little four-year-old Jonathan, you know, using a middle finger towards the floor, Right. You know, like F the devil, like in some of those cases, I think Jesus legitimately laughed at that. I think he he's like, oh, that. that's cute. Look at that kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you had a, you know, older sibling cousin or your parents or whatever come in and if they flip the bird down to the floor too, I think that's probably an okay thing too. Cause it's like, yeah, you know what? We're in this together and there's, there, we're, we're not being obscene towards each other. We're not saying it's okay in different situations, but sometimes as a show of solidarity in appropriate moments uh, or a sign where you really need to emphasize a point that's important, then yeah, you know what? The language might be different, but in other cases, because you love one, someone else, love and restraint is, is going to win the day. So that's a great place for us to stop today. Eric, before we get out of here, can you tease what's coming next week? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> if you have ever uh, been uh, heard of a purity ring, if you ever did the uh, the sticky note example, if someone passed around a rose in your youth group uh, or a dollar coin, then next week you're going to want to hear about uh, purity culture. So get ready for that. So go ahead and subscribe, rate and review the show. Uh, share it with a friend if you have liked it. But next week we're tackling the big behemoth of purity culture. So if you have a story that you want to share, a funny or awkward, hopefully clean story (laughs) from youth group or when you were leading youth group, uh, you can send that in to hello at unlearningyouthgroup.com. If you've got the other ones, sure, you can send those in and me and Eric will have a laugh, but um, chances are if they're not too terribly clean, we're not going to share them on here because we don't want to have to mark that explicit button on the podcast when we send it out. So that's it for this week. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. If you enjoyed the show, share it with a friend so they can enjoy it too. And uh, if you click the subscribe button, you will get next week's episode on Purity Culture right away as we say no to the silver ring thing. But that's it for this week. I hope you guys have a great week.
school.